entertainment. I'm not wearing hockey pants. Buddy. Hello. Welcome to what you can only describe as the Macaw Podcast Universe. And it's the podcast that exists. Why do we exist, Jordan? To prove people wrong when they say sequels are never better than the originals. And we have been going through Batman, the character, and now we are at pretty much the pinnacle of Batman. Yes. We are at the movie that shows that our podcast is not just blowing steam when we say sequels are better than the originals. Yeah. We're talking The Dark Knight. Yeah. This is one of those movies that's commonly defined as right up there with like Empire Strikes Back and Godfather 2 where they're movies where most, for the most part, people consider the sequel better. Yes. So this is an easy one. And if you are, if you're sitting there at home and you're going, Ooh, I wonder if Micah and Jordan are just going to like tear apart the Dark Knight or have some hot take about why they think it sucks or something. You came to the wrong place because this movie rules so hard. Mm -hmm. And um, I mean, it changed ideas about how the Academy would present its Best Picture nominees. What, did they extend the list this year? So this year, they... um, this movie comes out and critics are just like, this is amazing. Audiences are just saying, this is amazing. And they announced their five Best Picture nominees, none of which are The Dark Knight. And it caused such a backlash that everyone said, okay, we got to change our categories. And the next year, there were 10 that were nominated. They doubled it? They doubled That's it. That's instead of adding like two extra. They doubled it. They doubled it. <laughs> that's kind of crazy. It's a little bit weird, um, but uh, yeah, that's kind of a fun fact about the movie that I think people forget about is the Academy completely changed ha- how many people they nominate for Best Picture because so of this movie. So this is movie. the year There Will Be Blood one. It did not win Best Picture. No Country um, for Old Men? This is the year Slumdog Millionaire won Best Picture. So it was 2007 were those movies? No, this was two. This was the 2009 ceremony, but 2008 movies. Thank you. Sorry, I see that this movie came out in 2008, uh-huh. which makes sense. 2009, so that means there we blood came out in 2007. Yeah, it did not win Best Picture though. I don't know. I think it's No Country for Old Men. That yes, did. No Country for Old Men did. Yeah. I always, I always get them mixed up because they shot in the same location at the same time and came out in the same year. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but yes, so this movie, it's one. That uh, frankly, when we were watching it last night, I thought I'm a little scared to do a podcast on this because it's such a big one, and this is like like we've said on many of the series in this uh, podcast. This is one of those where we thought one day we'll have to tackle the Dark Knight, mm-hmm. and I always felt like it's not like we can just throw it on and hope we do a good job. I wanted to make sure we had hours in on the podcast before we tackled the Dark Knight, and here we are. Well, if you're so nervous, let me kick it off with a fun theater experience story. Yes. When uh, I saw this in theaters, when it came out with my dad and my siblings, and we were all pretty excited about it, and we get in our seats at Tinseltown. This is before you could even reserve seats, so we got there early, I'm sure. Okay. This wasn't opening weekend or anything. Okay. Um, and we're all in our seats, ready to go, popcorn, candy, soda. We're at the movies. Mm-hmm. And behind us are two dudes, like younger, younger meaning like 20s or late teens, 
dudes just so loud uh-oh. talking uh-oh. so loud i don't and like, like where this is headed i don't i i feel like they might have been even like cussing like just a like really rambunctious this is before the trailers even started mm-hmm. um but it, it was at the it, if you sat there you were like oh is this gonna be the whole movie mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so we're there and we're kind of like oh, what's gonna like this sucks my dad stands up turns around no way no way and says you guys gonna do that the whole time <laughs> And they're just both like, no, sir. <laughs> <laughs> and they didn't talk the rest of the time. <laughs> and I, I just feel like I can't remember like my, my reaction specifically other than me and my siblings probably being like, <laughs> did you, dad just did that. That's amazing. And um, we had a great theater time. <laughs> I bet. Um, yeah. The first time I saw this was at Tinseltown and I sat in the very back row and I went with Jake Miller and some other friends. Cool. And, you know, we're hyped beyond belief. And now this next part, I can't remember if this is a false memory or not. Okay. But I remember someone before the movie starting saying, yeah, no, they did. They did. Someone said like, hey, you guys hear that Batman dies in this one? (laughs) And he says it kind of loud. And me sitting there, I'm like, no. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. He like spoiled the movie. How it could was just he do some, that? Some dude just tr- being a little stinker. Well, and he he also said that he had just seen it, which he hadn't. Like he was <laughs> he was joking with us. Oh, and so funny. when it got to the end and he fell off the balcony, and uh-huh. the I was balcony like, at the oh okay yeah yeah I yeah, thought yeah, yeah. that's how Batman dies. Like this uh-huh. is gonna be the end. And then when he runs away, I went wait. So what was the whole Batman died thing? And he was like, oh, I never saw the movie. I was just lying to you guys. <laughs> <laughs> That kind of sucks because I'm just you. Like you just said, the whole movie you were just bracing yourself for it. Well, and if you know anything about me, yeah. I mean, fortunately, I think we avoided all Endgame spoilers. But it, like if, we did, we specifically even okay. Well, when Endgame, well, you can listen to our episode. I know we talk about. Oh, it. Oh, we do. Okay, but you can say it again. Just for those joining for the first time, when Endgame came out, we it came out the same week, and we went to Hawaii on vacation. And while we were on vacation, we didn't have time to see the movie. No. And um, I remember being in the airport, and someone turns to their friend, and is like, "Have you seen Endgame yet?" Oh yeah, 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 and they started talking about it, and we stood up and walked somewhere else. I, I turned to Jordan, we and kept, I said, "We have to move." Yeah, we kept avoiding. <laughs> conversations we would hear yeah um but yeah I, like so if, if if i heard a big spoiler about a movie i was really excited about, yeah for example Endgame. someone says hey iron man dies at the end of the movie i would spend the entire three hours of that movie convincing myself like telling myself like no he doesn't he doesn't die in this movie iron man doesn't die in this movie Nuh-uh. no he doesn't nope 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 yeah that's what i would be doing so the whole movie i'm distracted because i'm yep. thinking about I have to trick myself so when it happens, I'm shocked. Well, you know, I, I think I've I've gotten uh, I've gotten lax on this, but Christopher Nolan is the reason why I don't want to know anything that happens in a movie. Mm-hmm. Because when I saw Inception, I don't even I barely saw a trailer, and we had we just happened to see it because we were on the coast and there was a like a forest fire. We couldn't get back to our cabin, so we had to kill time. Yeah, and that's when we saw Inception, and it blew my mind. And yeah. then when Interstellar came out, every time a commercial would come on anywhere, I would like turn away, look away. Like I didn't want to know. Oh, I just like okay, it's space. I don't want to know anything else. Yeah. About it. And my argument always against you is I say he has so much creative control, and he he wants you not to know what's happening. But it's just me striving to recreate. 
yeah. that one experience, yeah. that unique experience I had. You know, any, anytime he comes out with a trailer, I think I want to watch it immediately because I know it's not going to spoil anything. Absolutely, which is such yeah. a rare yeah. thing to think. He, like when I, I I can remember the trailers for Tenet, and I saw that movie, and when I watched it, I was like that that captured the mood of this movie. Yeah, but I had no idea what was gonna. I had not a single like plot point. Or oh, even yeah. like the mechanics of the yeah. movie figured out before we well, press play. You put his name on it. They don't even need to do a trailer. So why do they need to like hook you yeah. with a two minute thing? Right, exactly. Um, and th- this movie is pretty interesting because this is the beginning, I would argue, of a couple of things for Nolan. One, uh, on a factual level, this is when he first starts shooting in IMAX. Yeah. And um, there are these huge cameras. They make a lot of noise, and people were not using them in movies. Oh, they they make a lot of noise when they're being operated. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to you can't do like dialogue scenes with them. At least at the oh, time. Okay. At okay. The time. Yeah. Um, it's all like ADR and stuff when they use the IMAX shots. So, um, this is the beginning of that. And before that, you had IMAX in space. You had IMAX mm-hmm. in the ocean and mm-hmm. helicopter shots. And Nolan thought, what if we brought that? to this movie so that we really took from Batman Begins to Dark Knight a huge leap to where literally you're looking at it and you're like, this is so much bigger than the other movie. Wow. It, and it's true. Yeah. It is true. Um, so that's it's the beginning of IMAX for him because then from here on out, he shoots... I mean, at this point, I think he's like almost exclusively IMAX. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think they've made a lot of... Uh, uh, advancements so i don't know how noisy they are anymore because i can't imagine him shooting a whole movie and having to do adr for every line Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. um but so it's the beginning of that but with that comes this is like he gets responsibility he gets his full-blown blank check yeah where now it's like the rest of your career you're good i mean Mm -hmm. i think inception like really puts it in there because they're like even your original but but he took a he took a known property Took a known I mean, property. the first one was great, but this one's even better. So it's yeah. like, oh, okay, you could do anything you want. He he made he made a villain who's already been portrayed by an iconic actor, Jack Nicholson. Um, he topped it by a long shot to yeah. where people don't even really talk about Jack Nicholson anymore when they talk about the Joker. Yeah, which we would argue. I mean, I it's no contest. Heath Ledger's the best Joker, but. Remember Jack Nicholson. That's a great performance. Oh, it's also one of those things where they're so different. You could even so make that argument. Absolutely. It's like, oh, I'm in the mood for a Jack Nicholson perform- Joker performance today. Which is part of why I don't think I've liked other Joker performances since Ledger. That's like a small portion because they, everyone's comparing the new Joker to Heath Ledger. It's it's all it's all compared. Yeah. Um. But, um. So it's the beginning of. All of that, and then this is the beginning of Nolan becoming the creative, like, control freak, I would say. Yeah. Like, the real beginning of that, and the beginning of him being an epic filmmaker. Yeah. His movies up to this point have been big, but they can also be somewhat small. Yeah. And and in between Batman Begins and Dark Knight, he makes Prestige. Small. Smaller, yes. But now you have Dark Knight, then it's Inception, Dark Knight Rises... Uh, Interstellar, Dunkirk, and Tenet. These are all movies that are huge yeah. in scope. Everything about them is big. And so this is like the beginning of that. Now, Jordan, one of the complaints we had when we jumped into Batman Begins, one of the few complaints was the action. Way better. 
Way tell, better. Tell me what it was like when we watched Dark Knight. Well, I I think with the, it has something to do with IMAX. I think it just has something to do with experience as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I think it is pretty interesting that he just before this made a movie about illusions. Uh, yeah. <laughs> which which it's like all of it's a trick of the eye and the whole point of that movie kind of is you are taken behind the curtain of that so this this movie he just stay he stays so much longer in a shot or something because yeah. because it, it's as if maybe in prestige and not specifically that but just you know maybe in terms of learning things like he he learned the importance of showing things rather than like oh do you just are hearing punching noises and that means you there's a fight but yeah. that you can yeah. use a fight to tell a story. So it's definitely a lot better, for sure. Yes. And and I do think, as Patrick Willems' great video on who, who is Nolan as a filmmaker, um, IMAX really is the key because I think, you know, they shoot that prologue, is what Nolan calls it, the bank heist scene, and it's all IMAX. Yeah. And if you are watching it on Blu-ray... They even change the aspect ratios as you go along, which I think is awesome, and I love that. Um, so it's huge. It fills up your whole TV, and 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 the camera just takes its time a little bit more. Yeah, it does. And even when Batman was fighting close quarters, even if it wasn't an IMAX shot, they were allowing it to be a full shot where it's like, I'm punching, not cut, cut, cut for one punch. Yeah. It was just boom, cut, boom, cut, boom. Having said that, we're still not at like Ip Man level. These are not like yeah. Ip Man level fights. But as far as like But it's also not that kind of movie. It's not. Of course that can always be better. Yeah. And I think because of uh like John Wick, we are getting a lot of Yeah. Fun stuff like like choreograph fight choreographers are getting like I don't know, more of a opportunity right now. Totally. Um but yeah, it's definitely a lot better and a lot more engaging yeah. than the last one. I, I well I think it's the difference. But I mean, maybe even a little bit better, but kind of the difference between like Captain America Winter Soldier, which is very cutty, but you know, it kind of redefines the action in the series. And then Avengers Endgame, where I was like, oh, this is really clear, definable action. Yep. And I can follow it. It's still not as good as a Master Z legacy of Ip Man. Yeah. But, you know, maybe Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings will be the that mm-hmm. Marvel movie. But um, okay. So we we front-loaded this episode, folks. <laughs> Let's do actors first for fun. Actors first, yes. So uh, we have Aaron Eckhart, who plays Harvey Dent. He has one of the best chins of Hollywood, I determined, upon this viewing. Um, he is also in Thank You for Smoking, Rabbit Hole, Wonder, Midway, The Romanoffs. He is in a lot, people. He's also in London Has Fallen. It's Aaron Eckhart. Uh- Uh. (laughs) (laughs) and then maggie gyllenhaal who plays is recast as rachel dawes um she is also in crazy heart frank donnie darko uh the new empress beauty mark i mean she's been around for a really long time we that is maggie gyllenhaal and then we have, I want to just curious how extensive we should get on this. I will include the mayor who plays, who is Nestor Carbonell. Uh, he has the craziest eyelashes, which I remember people talking about that after this movie came yeah. out. <laughs> He's in Lost. Really? Yeah. Cool. Also Bates, Bates Motel and some voice acting here and there. And then um, Chin Han plays Lau. Uh, he is in Contagion, Marco Polo, Skyscraper, Mortal Kombat. 
Lethal Weapon, the uh, show. The new Mortal Kombat? Yes. Oh, cool. I'm actually excited to see that. It looks like it's going to be fun. Yeah. I like the special effects in it. You like the gore? Yeah. Um, Mimi liked the gore. And then I will also mention Monique Gabriella Kernem, who plays uh, Ramirez. The, oh, yes. Yeah. Um, Gordon's partner. Yeah, she is also in Half Nelson, Fast and Furious, not as a main player. It says FBI agent. Okay. Um, Away, Lincoln Rhyme, Power, a, a lot of TV. Oh, can I say one thing about Fast and Furious? Yeah. So if you've listened to the podcast or if you know me, this is just for the people who have been requesting Fast and Furious. I've been reticent to join in, but we've had so many people that say, you got to do it, you got to do it. You will like it. You will like it. I saw the trailer for the ninth movie while we were in theaters, and I thought, okay, maybe I'm convinced. That looks like a whole heck of a lot of fun. And I think we're not going to have time to cover the series before that movie comes out, and I don't think I'm going to have time to watch it. I think I'm just going to go see that movie. You are? I think so. It looks like such a theater movie. I think I got to see it. Okay. So unless unless a diehard Fast Furious fan tells me, Micah, you will really be lost or you will hate it if you just jump into it like that. But I think I'm going to go. Okay, your turn, Jordan. Hmm. Okay, and then lastly, we have Heath Ledger, who plays Joker. He is in, of course, 10 Things I Hate About You, a movie you need to see, Micah. Um, Brokeback Mountain, A Knight's Tale, The Imaginary... Oh, yeah. It's the Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus. I'm not there. The Brothers Grimm. And this was his final role. That's mm-hmm. one thing that's very tragic about the movie is he... Um, well, I think the the Imaginarium is his technical, like, last filmed role. But, like, last... Oh, okay, I get it. Um, but, yeah, he uh, yeah. he was a wonderful actor. And he won an Oscar for his performance as the Joker mm-hmm. um, posthumously. I didn't remember him being only 28. Yeah, which that's is really crazy. And crazy. I think shows how like he was very prolific cuz he he's in so many really great movies uh-huh. and he was so young. I know. It's a it's a big that's a big loss for Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And for for people who liked him and loved him and yeah. that's like a river phoenix mm-hmm. of our time where you're like oh, there was so much left. Yeah. You had so much more to do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so big bummer. Mm-hmm. But at least it's a wonderful performance. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was rewarded for it. He was. Uh, one thing I will note, yes, we have uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal is Rachel Dawes in this movie because Katie Holmes instead had scheduling conflicts and filmed the classic that we all know and love with Queen Latifah, Mad Money. Hmm. That's got to be a bummer. But that's she claims that she doesn't regret it. But that's what I would say, too, if I was saving face. Um, okay. Directed by Christopher Nolan. The screenplay is by Jonathan Nolan and Christopher Nolan. Okay. The brothers teaming up again. Speaking of Brothers Grimm, uh, the story is by Christopher Nolan and David S. Goyer. Once again, we have Hans Zimmer and James Newton Howard, which I heard in the commentary... Um, Nolan called him Hans Zimmer. I think his name is Hans, not Hans. Well, I think it depends on how you... I think it's just regionally uh, pronouncing it. Yeah. Uh, 
like maybe because he's British, they say hands. Oh, man. But I've, I've, always, I've always ever known for German Hans as an American. Yeah, that's what I've always known. So I, I wonder if it's just a... I'll have to look up Hans saying it. You know? Look up the German pronunciation. It might be Hans. Yeah. I think it's Hans. The score to this? Come on. The whole building suspense on the cello where it goes... Crazy. Crazy. There's, a, there's some great um, footage of of Zimmer explaining how they came up with that, that I'd really encourage anyone to look up. Uh, cinematography, we have Wally Pfister. The movie comes out July 18th, 2008, and it has a budget of $185 million, which is a pretty big budget. Domestically, it makes 533, and worldwide, it makes 999 million. Yeah. Nearly cracks a billion. That is a dang successful release yeah and let's talk a little bit about how this movie was made before release of batman begins goyer had a treatment of two sequels and the second one was going to end with the joker scarring harvey okay Or, or no joker would be in both and scar harvey in the third okay um the testament of dr mabus was a big inspiration in the writing of the joker which is an old, old, I believe, silent horror film from the twenties. What I think. Wait, okay, that was that relates to what again? That's um was a like no, one of Nolan's main inspirations for writing the Joker. For fifteen years, Nolan had wanted to shoot in the IMAX format. Um, how long? Fifteen years. Okay. And uh, yeah, so it provided many new challenges they're way heavier than normal cameras yeah um they make a lot of noise and the camera have short film loads ranging from 30 seconds to two minutes seriously so when they were filming the bank heist scene Uh uh-huh they have a can and there's other at the time there's only like four or five in the world i think yeah um so they have one loaded up they shoot, and while they're doing that, another one is getting loaded with like film reel, and then they shoot, and they just keep on. Wait, what was the budget of this movie again? One hundred eighty-five. What? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so the the resolution's insane. Yeah. Uh, uh, while planning a stunt with the Batmobile in a special effects facility, um, technician Conway Wilkliff was killed. Oh wow. So the movie is dedicated to both him and Heath Ledger. Yeah. Um, pretty cool that they wouldn't just only do Heath Ledger mm-hmm. for someone else that died on production. Um, Christian Bale wanted to shoot the scenes where he's riding the bat pod is what they call it, the motorcycle. Okay. But they they were like, there is no way in hell we're letting you ride this thing. It is far too dangerous. Oh, really? And um, the guy who did ride it... Yeah. Um, cause you know, they really built that thing and it's, that's not built like a motorcycle. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> um, the guy who did wrote it said he had to basically unlearn how to ride a motorcycle in order to ride it. And this is the person who passed away. No, this oh, is a okay. different. So it's just the stunt person on the motorcycle that's in the movie as yeah. Batman. He, he was like, it was way, huh. way difficult. Um, well, it looks fun. This movie also won best sound editing. Huh. No, just kidding. Just because 
And yeah. back to back to the Academy Award thing. Um, the Academy's president at the time, Sidney Ganass, when they when they said they were going to change the next year and add nominees, he said, "quote I would not be telling you the truth if I said the words Dark Knight did not come up when they were discussing what to do." So, because they they didn't they never said officially like the Dark Knight made us change it. it, it but I got to look up who the nominees were that year. Oh yeah, yeah. It's um, it's a pretty good year, I think. So would I be looking up Oscar two thousand nine? Yeah. So we had Frost slash Nixon, The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. That was nominated for Best Picture. Yeah. No way. The Reader. No. Milk. Oh. Slumdog Millionaire. Get Benjamin Button out of out of there for Best Picture. I mean, it, sure, good movie, not a Best Picture nominee, though. What are you talking about? This movie's way better. Oh, the reader sounds kind of interesting. Does <laughs> that have Kate Winslet in it? Yeah, it's like these people fall in love after World War II, and then she abruptly leaves, leaving him heartbroken. And then when he when they he finds her again, she's on trial for a broody, brutal Nazi war crime. Hmm. That does sound interesting. Um... Yeah, it's it, this movie is so insane because its influence. We are only thirteen years out from this movie, and it is definitely. I mean, it's probably the most influential movie made in this millennia. Uh huh. Well, millennia is a thousand years of the two thousands. Like this whole like okay. twenty one years in the two thousands. That's why the millennia. I think I don't I so can't think sense, of another okay. movie as influential as The Dark Knight. Whether you mm-hmm. think it's the best movie, that's a different conversation. Yeah. But um it is completely changed like blockbusters and from this point on every movie is like, "Oh, we have to do what the every especially Definitely. superhero movies Definitely. say we have to do what The Dark Knight did." Definitely. And they fortunately this is also the same year that Iron Man and the Incredible Hulk come out, yes. and the MCU begins. Yes. Um, which the MCU, by my estimation, for the most part, never really tried to go dark and gritty. And I've always appreciated that about it, even when I haven't liked the movies, some of the movies. It's like, for the most part, they DC's been, and they're still stuck in this thing where they have a hard time just letting source material inform how they should make a movie. Well, I think that maybe that goes to show how how good of hands Marvel is in Feige's hands. Yeah, uh, because he he seems very character driven. So it's like none of those characters are gritty. Yeah, the Black Widow movie might be, although trailers it haven't led me to gritty. believe that. I mean, Daredevil, you could go gritty, and the show was gritty. But, yeah, um, I'm not talking about the show. The shows yeah. we're talking about the movie, right? Um, but. Anyway, it's just a uh, it's 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 one of those movies that of course I love it. I love everything about this movie, but you you almost it's like, man, if only so much bad stuff hadn't come from this movie. I know. But that's but what that, happens that's, anytime that's, yeah. there's an influential thing. A Definitely. lot of bad comes from it. Absolutely. So, the movie begins with one of the great openings to a movie. It's all IMAX baby. We have the cl- these guys in clowns masks, and they're breaking into a bank. the The music's doing the dun, 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 and every dun, dun, time anyone watches this movie, they are trying to figure out which window it is that bursts 
that shatters and breaks. I always think it's the grate, but it's the window. Um, One of the hundreds of windows. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's chugging along, and there's there is so much good stuff in this. Mm-hmm. I mean, action-wise, like everything about it, filmmaking-wise, is great. But let's talk about like what it t- says about the story. Yeah. Do you want to tackle anything? Well, so you have a bunch of henchmen uh, wearing, like you said, clown masks. And they're like gross clown masks, too, which mm. I think is a, a fun choice. Um, and they all have their specific job. This is a bank heist. So there's a guy hacking phones. There's a guy breaking into the vault. There's another guy making everyone compliant in the bank. Like you have a guy for everything. And as soon as one guy is done, the other guy is ordered to kill him and so on and so forth. Yes. And... Um, as, as they're going along, one of them is wise to it and is like, I bet he told you to kill me. And they're all talking about this Joker guy, this yeah, weird well, and guy. Before you get past that, I just, right off the bat, you're learning about who is going to be the antagonist of this film. Mm-hmm. And you're learning all this information without him delivering it or, or like, it's a really great way to set a mood. And to give off exposition, because these people are going, this guy's crazy. Oh, he wears makeup. All like, stuff. he and shouldn't think he's getting the cut if he's not going to be here doing it. Yeah, and also, we are familiar with Joker. Like, yep. we know him as a, I mean, on like a pop culture level. So it's kind of like reestablishing it and maybe kind of saying, you know, he's having his henchmen kill each other. And you're like, okay, this Joker's like intense. This is not yes. what I'm used to for a Joker. Yeah. Well, I think that also shows that he, because ultimately he's just a loner. I mean, he he attracts people. Yeah. That, that they talk about that later on. But like, he is just a chaotic loner person. So when it ends, he kills the last guy and he's the one who, who takes the bus out. Like there is no one left but him, yeah. which just makes it easier for him to get away with it. And... Well, and, and the the great line when, when he says, you know, all this craziness is happening. The bank guy comes out and he's like, you know who you're ripping off? He's stealing from a Falcone bank. Yeah, and, and he's shooting at him. And then and then he says, um, oh, actually, before that, the guy says, I, I'm thinking the Joker told you to kill me. Yeah. And he goes, no, I kill the bus driver. Uh-huh. You go, what? the bu-? And everyone's thinking it. What does that mean? And then this bus comes uh-huh. flying through, which... You know, they were at like an old ma- uh, in a, a, a post office that wasn't no longer in use where they filmed it. Oh, okay. But they had to build a fake oh, wall like front, basically. And, yeah, a fake front because they couldn't figure out how to make it so that the bus could come through. Yeah. So they do that. Well, whole they figured thing, it out. And already you're like, this movie is so cool. But then he, he goes up to the guy, the bank guy. Yes. And he puts a grenade in his mouth, is what I was thinking. Yeah. And he and he pulls the pin and makes it so that the guy can't move his the the pin without dying. Mm-hmm. Um. And he says, if I can pull it up, I think I may. No, I didn't delete my notes. Um. I believe that whatever doesn't kill you simply makes you stranger. And the music goes whoa, <laughs> and he takes off his mask. And here you have the, a Joker to the likes of which. I've never seen before. Yep. Um, he is uh, gross. Look, he's got greasy hair. His makeup always looks like he applied it three days ago. As yeah. if it has become a part of him. Because it's just he's probably constantly applying it. But he looks sick. 
He also like he his shoulders are hunched always. Oh yeah. He he looks like a scavenger. Kind of like it kind of reminds me of like uh Jake Gyllenhaal in Nightcrawler. Just like a very hungry yes. look. Yeah, you're right. Um so yeah, he leaves. I I mean, this is just so great too. Like a great heist thing. It's a school bus. He gets back in line with all the other school buses on a route. Yeah. Like it's like if That's you do That's always such a hilarious moment to me. It's such a good like I like it on a comic book level, but it's like if we're really taking this seriously, this makes no sense it at all. It doesn't, but <laughs> I cuz I every time I watch it I'm like thinking about it, but it's like I think people would have a hard time. They would say a school bus just dr- drove into a bank and then left. Okay, we have we're Gotham. We have 30 th- we have 3000 yeah. school buses. Did you get like a license plate? <laughs> no, it was a school bus. Yeah. so it's like all it's like so stupid it does work yeah. it's just so great but um so that all happens and already i mean jordan and i when we were watching it last night we were just like oh this movie looks all it looks like a hundred percent better than batman begins and i like how batman begins definitely look. like the movie is just looks so much better yeah this is me, Jordan McCaw, co-host of the McCaw Podcast Universe, interrupting this scheduled program to tell you that Micah is about to divulge an information that is false about this movie, and it needs to be spoken about, and he needs to know that he's wrong about what he's about to say about Scarecrow and these uh, bat- fake Batman working together. It's wrong. And then all of a sudden, we see our old friend... Mr. Scarecrow himself. And he is running this scheme where he is selling people his fear toxin as drugs, but then he's luring the drug people in and he's having his these people dressed as Batman beat up. Wait. They're all working together. When did they establish that? I thought they were just vigilantes. They're working together to take out those drug people. Explain that, because I've never thought of that before. Well, because when Batman has them all tied up, they're all tied up together, and Kevin, uh, not Kevin, um, (laughs) Scarecrow says um, something about, like, we're we're doing this to clean up the streets, or he he says, um, like, what makes you better than us, or something. I know the one guy says that, but Scarecrow has a line where he says something to the effect of, why do you have a problem with this? Okay, but later on when he's with Alfred uh-huh. and he's saying like there were more bat, he doesn't say this verbatim, but like there were more Batman out there last night. And I've always thought of all of that as just people have taken inspiration from him too much and they've become yeah. vigilantes themselves. So, but I You're guess, right, but I think Crane is working with those bat people. And he's people. like manipulating them? He's trying to clean up the streets or like get sell his drugs get paid and then beat up the people and then steal the drugs back or something i don't know exactly what scam he's running i have never but he's working with those batman people thought of that before yeah i just thought always he's tying him up with the batman because the police are going to come and arrest all of them no no he says a line because i remember really taking note of it this time around so um I guess it would be kind of funny for him to turn in other vigilantes to the police when the police are technically supposed to be arresting him. Yeah. Do you want me to... Should I look it up? No. Okay. I'll just forget about this and be shocked the next time as well. <laughs> That's crazy. Okay. So he's selling stuff to the Falcone guys. Yeah. Uh, Like you said, 
fake Batman are raiding them, but real Batman shows up. And it's cool for your audience expectation because you're like, oh, there's Batman. And the first shot you see, funny. Is you're, if you're looking closely, you go, oh, this the costume looks kind of bad. Yeah. And then as it's going, you see another one and you see someone pull out a gun and you're like, that's not Batman. Yes, yes, yes. And then all of a sudden someone pulls out a gun. That's like watching Winter Soldier and the new Captain America pulls out a gun and you're like... <gasps> I know that was crazy. <laughs> you gasped like that when I, we watched I did. it. Um, but then Batman grabs action, the gun and and bends it. Yes, and the action in this scene is really good too because he jumps awesome. on the van and is like sawing through the metal of the van. Yeah, and it's great because the, he Christopher Nolan always does a really good job of showing how the gadgets work. Work. Yeah. Um, which is fun because he is definitely like such a hard sci-fi guy. Mm. He like wants you to understand how it's happening yeah um and then also the shot when um batman just jumps down through the parking garage and lands on and the lands roof on the roof of the van and is, it shatters it down and they don't do any cuts on the on the jump down yeah and he looks so cool when he jumps down onto the van mm -hmm. that's like fist pump moment yeah and so already you go okay i'm i'm i mean price of admission check we're good to go yeah um but then he says the great line, and this is really what this whole movie is about. The difference between Batman and everyone else. And the difference is, I'm not wearing hockey pads. Not pants. Which I thought was pants for a decade. Mm -hmm. I think two years ago I realized it was pads. And I always was confused because I thought, I guess hockey players have different sort of pants. I didn't know we had to describe them as hockey pants. Yeah. Um, but it's pads. And um, so then Batman does get a little beat up by... Well, there are dogs. What I also appreciate is it's been a while. He's he's really doing the Batman thing now. Last movie was him becoming Batman. This movie is he's been Batman. Yeah. I don't know if they establish how long it's been in between both movies. Doesn't really matter. But I don't think so. It's but showing that he's still trying. He, he's always looking to update his gadgets and everything in his suit yeah so he gets bit by dogs in this fight so he needs to find a suit that create a new suit that is impervious to dog bites yeah which is great because well actually that's not what it is exactly okay he needs it to let him move faster and then um when he tells lucius that he's like well this new armor this will let you that's move true. faster he does and he says will it help me from dogs and he goes might might help from a cat bite yeah, that's right, because he does say, I need, basically, I need to either be faster or I need to be more armed. Yeah. But my suit needs to be lighter. Yeah. So that's true. Um, What's cool about it, too, is like right off the bat, it's such a small thing, but they are setting up at the end of the movie when he has to fight the dogs uh -huh. yep. with the Joker. And then when they start kind of capturing him, it also, doesn't feel like misproportioned powers. Later on, too, when he's meeting with uh, Lucius and he's talking about how he wants to move his head, be able to move his head, one, Definitely just a fun thing for the past Batman movies. Absolutely. Because it's always been impossible. Batman always has to turn his shoulders to move his head. Yeah. Even this Batman. And Although in Begins, he can move it. Not very much. But, but yeah. Because even it, so so they, they even <laughs> update that, which I just think is fun. Yeah. Um, but I never really realized throughout the trilogy, even from movie one, he is struggling with how long am I going to be this? Yeah, because in this movie they're hitting it pretty hard, and I just don't remember it being hit this hard, with the exception of Ray. That's always the tension with Rachel. Mm -hmm. But like even in this scene when he's with Alfred and he's stitching himself up, Alfred's asking him how how much can you take and how long can you go. Yeah, and 
for Bruce, it's as long as Gotham needs him. Uh-huh. Which that's the whole movie is about like who does Gotham need? Who does Gotham deserve? Just beautiful stuff going on here. <laughs> um, also, it's established if you remember in the last movie, the manor, the Wayne Manor burnt down. So now they're I in love this that cool, carryover. Yeah, the new the the temporary Batcave is just like such a great de- set design. I love it. I love it. Um, and then after this, oh, this they also established that Rachel is seeing a new guy. It's the new DA, and they're talking more about. Uh, well, he, he he mentions, like, Rachel can see whoever she wants. And then they're really talking about, can we trust this new DA? Yeah. Because he's become a much... He's going to become a much bigger player yeah. than anyone can think. Now, me in 2008, even though I had seen uh, uh, Batman and Forever until, like, the last scene, I had forgotten that that guy, Two-Face, was named Harvey Dent. Yeah. So when I was watching this movie, I didn't know anything about Two-Face. So it was a big surprise to me, the whole like third act of the movie. Yeah. I had no idea about any of that stuff, which was a cool way to experience it. Yeah, I had, I had no idea. Yeah. Um, but they have the great scene where they're introducing Harvey Dent. Mm-hmm. And he's, uh, he's uh, uh, In court. questioning a witness. A Falcone. A Falcone. And the guy pulls a gun on him, and he, the gun misfires. And he punches the guy, mm-hmm. takes the gun, and he walks over to Falcone, takes it apart, and he goes, he, he already he says what the gun is, and he goes, made in China, huh? And he goes, if you're planning to kill the future district attorney of Gotham, I suggest you buy American. And they start <laughs> escorting the guy out, and he turns around, and he goes, your honor, I'm not done with the oh, witness. Oh, yeah, it's so good. And it's so like, good. You hear horns. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, the Star Spangled Banner just start, started playing. <laughs> um yeah, that it's such a great strong character introduction, which he needs to be because Harvey is such a strong player and a strong character. Well, and they they do such a good job with Harvey Dent because even watching it knowing the two face turn, I watch it and I think, how does this guy become two face? And then and then you realize when he does become two face, you like him and Bruce Wayne are are the same. They mm-hmm. want the same mm-hmm. things, but one of them could take their tragedy and turn it into yep. um, a fight for injustice or fight for justice, and then the other one can't get over that yeah, strategy I and think do that. They both together are like the ultimate representation of humanity, uh-huh, and I think uh-huh. they they it's an obvious theme that they cover in the movie. Because even before he becomes Two Face, there are to- there's like a specific moment where it's like, oh, if he's pushed too far, he will do bad things, uh-huh. and he ha- he hasn't even lost Rachel yet, right? So, um, when they when they introduce him, him and Rachel are talking, and even you find out that uh, Harvey's not sure if he can trust Gordon. Yeah. So there's just so much like not knowing who to trust because Gotham is so corrupt. And it's really well known that most of the police force of Gotham are really corrupt. And at this time, Gordon is, I think, just a lieutenant still. Yeah. Um, so Gordon meets with Harvey. First time they meet, Gordon needs some warrants. Which this might be like, until Dark Knight Rises, th- this is maybe my favorite scene of Gary Oldman's acting ever. Oh yeah, he's really good in it. He really portrays well that idea of um like if you've ever been in this position where you want to tell off the person you're talking to, but you know you shouldn't. And 
Like when I look at his acting in the scene where he's talking to Harvey, I can feel the pit in my stomach when I've talked to someone and wanted to tell them off. And then maybe I was able to sneak in one little yeah, like punch to them, but it wasn't what I wanted it to be. That yeah. huge punch in the face. Yeah. It's really good. Great scene. <laughs> what happens right after that? So um, then we have uh, Bruce dinner with Harvey. Okay. Where um, the... We get to see some playboy Bruce Wayne. Yes. Just a little bit. He's with bit. the ballerina. He's with the preeminent Russian ballerina. Uh, yeah, they have a dinner together, which they're talking, the, the conversation, which I'm sure with anybody in Gotham, eventually comes to who is Batman. I would yeah. be talking about it yep. constantly. Yep. So even they're talking about like, who could this caped crusader be? Could it be, you know, they're, they're talking about like what he represents. You can tell Harvey is like, Batman's great be, for what he's fighting for. He's fighting for justice, uh-huh. like, like pure, pure justice. Of course, even though like you can tell, cause Rachel knows who Batman is. He's sitting right there next to her. Um, I think she brings up something about like, but there's no due process. Like he's just, uh-huh hurting them, hurting criminals without doing the proper, you know, the system that we've created, Yeah, which is what they argue about in the last movie, Rachel and Bruce. Yeah. Um, but the, you know, the, I like how the ballerina actually has a ton of good points. She is, but maybe the whole world, this is all the whole world can constantly talk about is who was this Batman? Because she's saying, you know, you're letting a masked vigilante run around. What does that say? Uh-huh. to the citizens and where is due process and what happens if he changes his mind and doesn't crazy breed crazy. So, I mean, are, you know, you're already seeing there's been this scarecrow guy and then we're hearing rumblings about this Joker character. She's saying all this stuff in so many words. Definitely. But it, it's like, oh, she's really, Bruce, this is actually a keeper, man. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't just someone you should use to pretend. Yeah. Um, but so she even posits like jokingly, if Har- Harvey, could you be our Batman? Uh-huh. Which it is like he could be. Yeah. But he, I think even from Bruce's perspective, he's better than Batman uh-huh. because he is fighting for everything in the open. Yeah. For justice with our system that we have set up. He He's getting it done. And, and something about this viewing of these, of these movies that I hadn't really taken too much note of is truly how every single scene that bruce is not being batman he is still it is like what rachel said at the end of batman begins you're wearing a mask definitely because every scene and everything he's doing he's trying to figure out something to further batman or to stop injustice it's never like he's not going out to dinner to go out to dinner for fun yeah that's not happening with Bruce Well, he Wayne. only does it to keep public appearance so that no one questions if he's Batman. So this is not, he's not catching up with Rachel. No. He's testing to see if Harvey Dent can be the white knight that Gotham needs. Yes. And that's just insane. Yeah. This is a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's so smooth. All the transitions are just so it just like, goes. oh, it makes sense to be here now and be here now. Because after this scene, it's when the, all the mob guys are in the yep, kitchen. Yep. So it's like, we've, we've been back with Bruce for a little bit, see where he's at. They talk about the Joker guy. Let's get to the Joker guy. So yeah. yeah. Falcone. And then I can't, I don't know the, the, na- the name of the other gang, uh-huh. but there's Gamble's game. That's right. Gamble. Gang. Falcone and then Lau, who's on the TV. Yeah. And so basically all the mob people are all up in the banks with all of their money. And Lau has taken all of their money. 
to basically create offshore accounts so that no one can steal their money. And they know that the Joker has just stolen $68 million, which to them is like kind of a slap on the wrist. That's Uh how much money they have. But they're still pissed about it because you don't steal from the mob. Mm -hmm. And they're just like, you know, they're talking behind his back. But who shows up? It's the one and only that that deck of cards himself, Mr. Richard T. Joker. And he... Richard? No. Oh. He walks in. And he's doing this like ha ha hoo, ha 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 and everyone every it's such a good scene and here's the this other thing this is like one of the scenes this is one of the scenes here's the other thing about Heath Ledger's Joker he's kind of funny huh and lest we forget Joker is in the name he should be a little bit funny mm-hmm. he doesn't have to just be a guy with a tattoo that says damaged on his face. Okay, with, with grills, with grills in his teeth that just goes ha ha ha. He can actually be funny. He can actually have um, characteristics. Uh-huh. <laughs> and that's why I like this Joker. <laughs> but he comes in. He does the magic trick with the pencil. Iconic. Come on. Um, and he basically says, "I see a squealer in this Lao guy." Yeah. The and guy turns off the camera. He's so scared, and he's on a plane thousands <laughs> of miles away. Yeah, and he says, um, your real problem is Batman. You need to take care of Batman. Mm-hmm. And I will do it for you. And they say, for how much? No, uh, no, they said, they. I don't even think they say that. He says, if you're good at something, never do it for free. Yeah. So th- then they say, well, what do you want? He wants half of and they start all laughing. of the money. Yeah, and Gamble's getting really upset. By yes, this guy. because Let's he's kill pa- this clown. He's patronizing them, and he stole from them. Yeah, but he stole from them to get their attention. And then he stands up, and he's got grenades, and he goes, "Let's not blow this out of proportion." And he's kind of shaking the thing, and then the, you know, there's not really any resolution there, and he get, goes out, right? Yeah, it's it's just establishing the relationship between yeah. all these people. Um. And it, one note I had is it's a great way to deconstruct all of our expectations about Joker and like yeah. show us who he is in this movie and not to be compared to Cesar Romero, Mark Hamill, or Jack Nicholson. Yep. This is a different guy. Um, and so Lau goes to Hong Kong and he takes all this money with him because of, you know, international trade stuff. If you want those details, folks, turn on the movie and watch it. Sure. I'm not going to go through all the financials. Crimes are movie. being committed. White collar crimes. Yes, and um, Joker, uh, so Gamble puts a price on Joker's, there's so much stuff that happens in this movie. I know, it's kind of crazy. Gamble puts a price on Joker's head, Uh and so Joker fakes that he's dead, Yeah. and you know, Gamble says, you got him dead, and he wakes up and he goes, how about alive? You know, how much for alive? And he tells the first story about how he got his scars, which is his dad gave it to him. Yeah, you said that so cheerfully, which is, yeah, want to know how I got these scars. He goes through the whole speech about how his dad was drunk and... Uh, he tells it better. Let's yes, just let him yes. tell it. But um, this is like, maybe the br- like the brilliance of the Joker character is never revealing his backstory. Uh-huh. Especially because in this movie, he is portrayed as an agent of chaos. Yeah. So to not know where chaos comes from makes it even more chaotic and well, scary. Well, I think he's just, that makes him mythical, which is just so great, which ma- which makes it like Ra's al Ghul, like 
yeah. he's also mythical. So this character's mythical. And later on when he's telling um, Harvey that fear is an agent of chaos, like, like what comes with chaos fear. So it's as if Gotham's getting pretty bad. And what, what is birthed out of the chaos Joker because of everyone's fear. Uh-huh. That's just the beauty of it. It's just like stars aligning. It was time for the, the city to purge Go- Joker. Yeah. You know? So cool. Yeah. And he does the thing where he breaks the pool cue. Yeah. And he says he makes him fight and there's only one position open. So these guys have to kill each uh-huh. other. Um, and I, that scene always feels like it's so violent and like it's an R rated thing. It's another M night type scene where you remember it as R rated, you watch it and it's like, Oh, there's no, there's no blood in this. Yeah. <laughs> it's all implied violence. Um, so then Batman goes to China. Um, which as well as Lucius, Lucius does too. We're skipping over some like Bruce talking to Lucius about some new equipment he needs, but yeah, we actually already Hong talked Kong. about that. So, sure. um, and they go to Hong Kong stuff. and, oh, you're right. Um, and there's this great scene because guess what? Again, superhero movie doesn't, can be fun. You can have jokes and stuff in it. Remember that? Um, <laughs> so Bruce is talking to Lucius and Lucius says, hey, I set up these phone things to do this um, sonar technology. And Bruce goes, sonar, just like, uh, and at, right before he says bats, Morgan Freeman says submarines, Mr. Wayne, <laughs> just like a submarine. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. That's, that's great. And so Batman does this crazy dive. And at the top of the building, we see a real uh, uh, Christian Bale without his Batman hat on cowl rather um, oh yeah it is called that um and we see him on top of this building in hong kong and that's a real shot where he's really on that building not as high as tom but and i keep saying china but they're in hong kong which i believe is a different country is it not it's in china but it is technically independent but not for much longer okay it's it's a pretty complicated history. Yes, but it's on the con the continent of China is what I'm saying. <laughs> but it's on it's in China. Is it like a Vatican kind of thing where it's like that's technically its own country? You you got to look up the history because it's so complicated and there's a lot of uh, protests and not great things happening right now because of it. Yeah. Well, I apologize if I have offended anyone. I know that Hong Kong is a different country. Okay. And I just forgot about that. And that's my I own think ignorance. It's also, there's complicated history as well. It is, yes. Um, but so they're in Hong Kong. <laughs> and Batman dives off of this thing. He goes in. It's great action again. Mm-hmm. Nolan has learned his lesson, it feels like, at this point. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm real curious how Dark Knight's gonna, uh, Dark Knight Rises is going to look because that movie, I think, has even more IMAX. Oh, I think in it's it. going to be even crazier because uh, Bane is such like a brute force character. Oh, yeah. That's a great scene when they're in the tunnel and he breaks his back. That's cool. Spoilers. Um, so he captures Lau and brings him back to Gotham City. So that he can, be, because he's a criminal and he went back to Hong Kong so that he couldn't be arrested. Batman uh-huh. brings him right back. Yes. So um, Rachel, Harvey, Gordon, they're all interrogating him. They want the money or no, no, they want the goods. Like what, what is going on? Give us info. Maybe we'll work out a deal with you. Basically what all of this means is a ton. Like most of the gangs are taken off the street. Yeah. Because he gives them a ton of names, a ton of numbers. Like 
they got it. They get to clean up the streets completely, which is just like no one, like no, no one can ever do it. that. Harvey he, is doing it. He is just straight up doing it. <laughs> yeah, and then, but there's this chaotic agent who is running amok in Gotham, and he's not too fond of this. So, Oldman and Harvey are hanging out in the mayor's office, and the mayor's like, "What are you doing with this whole thing? These these." Uh, 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 what charges are not going to stick? You know what are you talking about? And then a Batman, a person dressed as a Batman. I think it's one of the guys from earlier in the movie. Slams against the window. See, this is why I thought and he's it, dead that, and hanging. That they're not also working with Crane or Scarecrow, because I I'm, recognize. I'm this, telling you, they are okay. But I recognize this dude as one of the dudes from that scene who's uh-huh. wearing the hockey pads. Yeah. And Joker tracks down, finds, like, I don't know, part of that crew, I guess. And he, he took a video of this man making him say certain things. Mm-hmm. Uh, chilling, for one. And chilling Ledger uh, was given free reign on those sequences. That's chilling. Nolan wasn't there when he filmed those. Really? That Did was, he just say, you, he, need, you need to cover these things? He just, he let him direct those scenes. What? Yeah. That's crazy. That's him with the camcorder and the actor doing weird stuff. They're really good. Um, but this guy, I, I just feel, I always got the sense like through that recording, he kidnapped this man who believed he could be something like Batman, like a vigilante. Yeah. And Joker kidnapped him as a, you know, he's, he's like making fun of Batman. Yeah. Because he's inspiring dopes like him. Uh-huh. Is that supposed to be said? Yeah, I'd agree with that. Okay. I just thought. I don't think that negates that he worked with Crane. I'm just so confused about that. <laughs> I, I'll have to look up the line and I'll insert it at the end of the episode or something okay. like that. Um, so uh, it keeps going back to DA punches. We're down here now. Um, so now there's this whole thing where he's going to kill someone every day that the Batman doesn't reveal his identity, which is cool. That's always a fun superhero thing when it's like you have to reveal your identity mm-hmm. or else. And he kills a couple of high-ranking people. Some crazy scenes. Um, well, who, who's first? Uh, I think it's the judge for the case, and then um, the, and commissioner, then the commissioner. commissioner Loeb is killed. And then they have targeted Harvey, and they have also targeted the mayor. Yeah. So the commissioner is killed. I feel like we're skipping over stuff, but that's fine. We're not. Oh, okay. So then they have a big, big old Irish funeral. For the oh commissioner. no! Yes, we are. We oh, okay. are okay. So. I thought I did not realize you were going that far ahead. Yes, we're. You'll you'll chuckle when you remember. Um. So there's, while while those people are getting killed, Dent is named as one of the next people to be killed. Mm-hmm. And the bullet thing. Bruce throws a party for him. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and at this party, Bruce backs him and says, "I believe in Harvey Dent," and. You know, him and Rachel have some stuff going on, and he's telling Rachel, the day is coming when I'm not going to need to be Batman. Were you being, were you telling me the truth when you said that we would be together when Batman didn't exist? She's like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. Harvey kind she also of. She doesn't believe he could. Yes. Um, Harvey kind of proposes to her, her and she says, no, I can't. Mm-hmm. And then Joker breaks in, mm-hmm. and Bruce sneaks off. He gets into the Cape and Cal, and he comes in. Joker tells his second Scars story. Which is about his wife 
having her face all scarred up and him copying it mm. and then her not loving him anymore. Mm. And now I see the funny part. And then uh, uh, what does he say? He says something like, I just... Now I now I see to laugh at the pain. I love the pain. Or something about pain. And then Batman says, then you're going to love me. <laughs> he, then yeah. they fight. Um, and it's cool. <laughs> it's kind of great film analysis. This scene's cool. That scene's cool. I know, right? <laughs> uh, but the Joker gets hold of Rachel again. Another great comic book moment, I feel like, where he shatters the window. He's holding her outside on the ledge. Yeah. And Batman says, let go. And he says, poor choice of words. And lets her go. <laughs> Batman yeah. saves her. It looks like, how has he not broken at least one bone in his body from that fall? But it's Batman. What? Yeah. He's wearing a suit. Fine. Um, but he saves Rachel. Harvey is also safe. Yes. Yes. And then... Um... We have, uh, 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 oh yeah, I did, I did want to point out a Heath Ledger moment where he looks at Rachel Dawes and he pulls back mm -hmm. his hair and he's licking his lips and he says, well, hello there, beautiful. Mm -hmm. It's just so good. Yeah. He, it, it's just one of those things where, you know, comic book movies almost never get any Academy stuff unless it's technical awards. Yeah. And, uh. So you know, maybe you go. Did did someone did did a Joker really win an Oscar? And you watch this might the be movie, the closest comic book gets. And you just go, well, another comic book movie won an Oscar for the same performance. But I said I wasn't going to talk about. Oh, I that. totally forgot. <laughs> um, but before that, you know, this yeah. movie, it's just like, oh man, it's so electric that no one else could have won. And uh -huh. it's he didn't uh -huh. win it because he died. He uh -huh. won it because he earned it. Yeah. It's just so Yeah. It's so good. Um so then we have one of my favorite scenes in the movie. They're trying to figure out like what makes the Joker tick? What is this? What's going on? It's Bruce and Alfred. And Alfred says, "So amazing. <laughs> when I was in um do you remember Burma. What? Burma. Burma. Um we were looking for these lost jewels that a thief stole. And um what you having trouble? I'm having a lot of trouble. He was in Burma working with the government and they were trying to basically infuse the economy with money. And by that by part of that was giving um jewels to the locals, um almost as a for form of like wealth. And um a lot of the trucks that were carrying these jewels were being uh stolen. And they couldn't figure out who it was, couldn't figure out what, how they were getting stolen and who was stealing them. But one day they see a kid playing with a ruby the size of a tangerine. So the man, they, they learn that the manager has been stealing these things and throwing them away because all he's doing it is for the sport. Some, some people, men just want to watch the world burn. Yeah. Oh. And he says, um, which I like hearing Michael Caine say these words, a child playing with a ruby the size of a tangerine in his accent. <laughs> very cool and you just read it in yours <laughs> <laughs> yeah i wasn't gonna try um and then uh bruce says how did you catch him and he says no this is later on in the movie micah oh and you're a, right it just it's it's so but important this is a podcast we can just say it no we're waiting uh, i don't know when it happens so. okay well yeah later on when things get really bad bruce asks him how did you get rid of the jewel <laughs> thief and yeah. he said we had to burn a whole forest down yeah 
We burned the forest down. A bad omen. Yes. Um, so, wait, you tricked me. We did just talk about it. Yeah. Because I don't remember when it happens either. Um, I think it's when he's closing up shop in the cave. Yeah. Um, so then we have the applied science guy uh, attempts to blackmail and says, I want $10 million for the rest of my life because I figured out that Bruce Wayne is Batman to Lucius Fox. And Lucius Fox says, you want to blackmail a man who has access to all this technology and stalks criminals at night. Or, or he says all this stuff, and then he says, um, and your, be- your idea is to blackmail this person? Go ahead, be my guest. <laughs> and then the guy just kind of, I'll that take guy, this he was it just is such good acting because he's like, I want $10 million for Every the rest year of my life. For the rest of my life. Yeah. He's so smarmy. But but because Morgan's such a good actor, he gives it right back to him. Oh, it's yeah. It's great. Oh, yeah. Um, and now we have the Commissioner Loeb, um, uh, uh, oh my gosh, funeral. Yeah. Funeral. Can you talk about that? <laughs> <laughs> my brain is broken. So, there's a funeral happening, and everyone's on super high alert because they have marked Harvey next. It's also, someone could assume that Gordon is also next. Mm-hmm. He's close in line. Um, I understand for movie purposes, uh, the set is very interesting and cool. It makes for a lot of in- like different vantage points for yeah. a shooter. No people in their right mind would hold a funeral service when the city is on high alert in a cramped street with thousands of windows no one you know what though i will i will take that and i will raise you a previous president of our country having um rallies while there's a virus where people are supposed to stand six feet away from each other and trying to get thousands of people in one room together so i don't think it's so unrealistic okay politicians aren't always smart (laughs) okay (laughs) anyway um so there's a funeral procession and uh the mayor is giving a speech when bruce is as bruce because it's daytime uh going into buildings trying to find where a potential shooter could be alfred has been doing all the research to lead him where to go gets in a room there's a bunch of police officers tied up no longer in uniform which means there are police officers down there who are not police officers Yes. And <laughs> that's connecting the glue of yes. Yeah. So there was also a like b- binoculars there looking <laughs> down basically like ooh you were so close but now you can go see the see Harvey Dent get murdered. Um <laughs> you're laughing because it was so simple. I'm I'm laughing because when we watched the movie the other night this is for the audience. I I couldn't figure out why Harvey grabbed that guy who was not oh, the joker gosh, we're gonna talk about this again no no i just want to tell I, I couldn't figure out why on a practical level he really like hammered into this guy before he saw the rachel dawes name tag and i had forgotten about how they would feasibly well, know he, he saw that, that actor, the police were up there he saw that actor and thought oh that guy always plays scuzzy weird people <laughs> so it must be him um love that actor he's so wonderful yeah. he's great and Ant-Man, I'm not sure. But he's, otherwise, he's, he's great. good in it. It's just not... Yeah. He's fun in it. Sure. Um, 
So, yeah, people shoot. I just feel stupid. That's all I want to say. Now, please go yeah. ahead. So people, so those police officers who are not police officers down there, one of them tries to shoot the mayor. Gordon jumps in front of them. Gordon gets shot. Uh, chaos. People are mm-hmm. running around. There are gunfire. Gunfire is just going off now. This is just so terrifying. Yeah. Harvey, like you said, tracks down one of the people who had a gun in the procession and starts questioning him. And this is when Two Face is birthed. Really, in my opinion. Yeah, no, yeah. Like, he, psychologically. It, it's just like... He crosses a line. He, he's doing his job. The whole movie, he's doing his job being a DA. He's putting in all of the hard work, and he's getting things done. But because mm-hmm. of someone like the Joker, who his big thing is, there are no rules. That is Harvey's downfall. As he thinks that he has done everything he can, even though there are still threats, he's still yeah. confident that it can be taken care of. But this is just proving that nothing is ever absolute for him. He, yeah. he can't ha- be in control of everything. So he gets that guy, chaos, 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 Gordon's dead. Um, and then Batman is at a club. I think I'm skipping a little bit, but it's going to all line it's okay. up. It's okay. It's okay. But Batman's at a club where um, the head Falcone guy is, where he is questioning him about who is this Joker guy? How did you get him? Where, what is he doing? Breaks the guy's ankles. <laughs> yeah. That's hard to watch. <laughs> um, learns a little bit about him, about Joker from him. And then, uh, meanwhile, Harvey has that guy, and he is going to flip a coin. And if it doesn't, you know, if it gets heads or tails, this guy is going to be killed. Although he is never planning to kill him. He is not. That his is, coin is heads But we don't know that sides. yet. That's true. We don't. So, um, yeah, that guy's acting is just so good. Batman stops him, and he says this guy is from Arkham. He's insane. This is yeah. the kind of mind the Joker attracts. He's not going to give you any information. Yeah. And that's when when the um, Batman really tells Harvey, like, you can't be doing things like this because you are the White Knight. Like, if anyone found out that you were doing what you were just doing, threatening to kill a person, everything that Gotham has been trying to fight for is lost. Yeah. So wonderful. What happens after that? It is. Um, so then we have um, the press conference. So yes. Batman decides enough is enough. Enough people are dying. I have to say that I'm Batman, me, Bruce Wayne. So they destroy their their place where they have all the Batman stuff. Um, and, well, I don't know that they destroy. They just destroy, like, documents mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. They go to this press conference, and then Harvey Dent says... I am the Batman. And he gets taken away. Mm-hmm. And then we have one of the most thrilling action sequences that has been graced on screens. This is like a Mad Max Fury Road level action sequence where Harvey Dent is being transferred to another part of Gotham and the Joker pulls up in a semi truck and he's trying to stop it. And they go under this bridge. A lot of tension, long shots, driving fast. They're doing stunts like, for example, oh, I don't know. The Joker shoots a bazooka and the Batmobile flies up and hits the the bazooka in the air to prevent it from blowing up the car that Harvey Dent has. In real time. In real time. That's a miniature, by the way. It is? That's a miniature. Wow, it looks good. Or no. No, I'm sorry. The I think the explosion is real. Okay. The miniature is when he drives under the semi truck. 
which I always thought That's was CG. still really cool. I'm curious how big they are, though. They are like, they're like the size of the Terminator stuff. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So like, uh, like knee like height, the, the semi the hardest was. part is capturing the weight. Yeah. You know what I mean? I still think there's a little bit of CG elements in the semi uh-huh. when he when he drives under it because there's something wonky about it that oh, I, I can't I, put my finger I on. I can't it. tell at all. Oh really? I'm t- completely swept away. But you when I said when they said it was a miniature and I watched the footage, I was like, maybe my brain just told me it was impossible, and I thought it was CG. Do you ever see sometimes in a movie like fire? I mean, it's pretty obvious when it's fire is CGI. Uh-huh. But whenever you see something and it's like, oh, that looks pretty fake, but then you see an actual fire, like a like a campfire, yeah, yeah. and you're like, oh, you're doing a really good job with that fire. Like in <laughs> yeah. movies, or I always think about it in Disneyland. I'm like, yeah, it looks like fire. It's just <laughs> LED lights. <laughs> um, what also is really great about the action in these movies. Not saying that that's a bad thing because it's definitely not. No slow motion. He never uses slow motion like at all. And I think it just, I don't know why he doesn't. He just, it just makes it feel more gritty and real. Well, you know what's interesting about slow motion? Do you, I don't know if you know this about um, Ang Lee, who directed Gemini Man, Uh um, an underrated great movie. Um, He is really obsessed with doing high frame rate right now. Yes. And he's kind of testing it. He, he is basically crawling so that maybe some other filmmakers can run at some point. You know, it's yeah. like, I have the cachet. Let me keep messing with this technology like Zemeckis with motion capture. And then someday it's going to work. Mm-hmm. Um, although it seems like it might be dying, unfortunately. But he, he shoots in 120 frames per second. And one of his things is that he thinks, although slow-mo is cool and stuff, he thinks that part of the reason why filmmakers use slow-mo is because you can't capture the raw energy of like a hit yeah and part of his belief is maybe at some point if we were shooting in these higher frame rates and stuff maybe it could maybe there's another way to express what a slow motion shot Mm -hmm. is doing through a different mean Hmm. that's um, cool that you don't have to slow it down yeah and i think that's super interesting yeah um and gemini man is cool but after watching most of Zack Snyder's Justice League, where if you took out all the slow <laughs> yeah. motion, it would literally be one hour shorter. I'm a little, I'm glad this movie doesn't have any well, slow motion. Well, that movie is using slow motion in a not subtle way to set a mood. It is, yeah. And that is his um, his blessed vision. <laughs> I just want to, I just think it's so funny. I have not watched it. Uh-huh. I have seen bits and pieces because of Micah watching it. But when you said uh, the thing about Aquaman, how he's like basically one with nature in the ocean. Yeah. And then he just litters <laughs> yeah, a yeah. liquor bottle and smashes the glass. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty funny. I hate well, it's those little inconsistencies that make you make me think at least with the Zack Snyder stuff, it makes me feel like he doesn't know who these characters are. Uh-huh. Um whereas in this movie it feels like the characters are consistent. Yeah. Even even like Keaton Batman and Joker in those movies, they're consistent characters, mm-hmm. whether you like those movies or not. Um, in Justice League, they feel inconsistent, and they feel weird. And, um, yeah. It's, Can't wait to get there, I guess. Well, yeah, unfortunately, the weird thing is the, the Zack Snyder Justice League is w- definitely way better than the theatrical version, but it is over twice the length. It's like three times the length. So it's almost better to watch the worst movie. <laughs> 
But I will say, if anyone is keeping their Justice League track, I've I've gotten through part four, and part four I genuinely enjoyed from start to finish. I thought it was really cool, and it kind of made it worth slogging through two and a half hours. You to believe get there? the words you just said? That is ridiculous. <laughs> um, so there's this stunt in this that is like Mission Impossible level stunt. Batman, you know he. His car breaks down from the explosion. He gets out the bat pod, which is definitely so that's what it's called? Yeah. Okay. It's definitely a piss 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 fumping. I was gonna say fist pumping moment. <laughs> piss fumping. Uh uh fist <laughs> fist pumping moment. And he's driving really fast. We've never seen a motorcycle that looks like this. This is crazy. And he's going after the Joker who took down a helicopter, which is also crazy. And Joker's go- saying, come on, hit me. Hit me. I want to see you do Making it. Making the me. sci-fi, the sci-fi, the semi-flip. And then. Insane. He makes the semi-flip. And how did they do it, Jordan? Miniatures. Did it? Was it miniatures? Was it CGI? Was it practical and they just did it? I'm going to say practical and they just did it. Final answer. Jordan, you're correct. I'm a millionaire. What they, <laughs> what they did is they put this giant piston underneath, like in the axle or yeah. underneath the axle of the semi, and it shoots down oh, really that's fast. And it's this huge, like it would not fit in this room, this like pipe thing. Uh-huh. And it shoots it uh-huh. upside down. And there's a stunt driver in there. What? There's Are you a, serious? There's a person. Yeah. They needed someone um, in there? And, and, He's got like steel bars and so much padding around him. But in the <gasps> special so features, scary. it's really cool because you can see that he, they, they had. Wait, to, does he activate it? I, I'm assuming someone else activates yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, um, But in the special features, you can see because they had to test this. Uh huh. So there's like 10 different shots in the special features in different locations of them testing this, just flipping a full size semi <laughs> wow that's crazy it's really cool and then all they the have to do is just paint out like special effects get rid of the the part that that shot him into the air and everything else is still there and and the stuntman on the pod really drove underneath it in real time what uh, to put the cables under the semi oh <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> you've really confused me there well, it's getting dark and you can't see my facial expressions anymore. I know. Here we go. Boom. Light on. Oh, that's... Okay. But now so, they've captured Joker. Yeah, they've captured... Well, they almost got Batman. Because he almost took off his mask. But he's, but got, he's electric. got a little shock. He'll shock you if you do it. And, but then Gordon was raised from the dead. He faked his death to protect his family. Yeah. And uh, he he captures Joker. He captures... He arrests Joe Arrests the joker yeah because he's a man of law um and i love the scene when gordon goes back home and his wife is super pissed at him but also is super relieved and he goes to his son and his son says did batman save you and gordon says actually this This time time i I did saved him oh so so good and then we go to the precinct and mr lieutenant gordon is promoted to commissioner gordon Uh to which everyone claps and you see the joker in a cell doing a slow clap which was totally in the trailer oh yeah 
Well, and also in the trailer, they had where he says, came in with 15 knives, yada, 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 a bunch of playing cards, and pocket lint. That's it. That was in the trailer, too. I remember oh, that. Oh, okay. I don't remember that part. Um, That's cool. But uh, anyway, so they're, this is the big interrogation scene where Batman and Joker are in the interrogation together, and Joker really gets under his skin, and Batman has cancer in his throat, basically, uh, is the huh? joke from that college humor thing. Because of the one episode about him getting his voice? No, no, in, there's a college humor sketch where uh, Batman is keeps going like, <laughs> yeah. and then yeah. and then Joker says, do you have a severe form of throat cancer? <laughs> is that the one? Okay, because there's like two Joker ones in the interrogation room. There's that one. Is there another one where he's interrogating the wrong Joker the whole time and beating him up? <laughs> yeah, it's like a. <laughs> sorry, that's a Bickles the clown. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, and where and, would we be? Where would we be without not just the Dark Knight trilogy, but without that, there would be no college humor Batman. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, but he he's trying to figure out, you know, stuff about the Joker. Mm-hmm. What's going on? And the Joker says, you know, I'll tell you where Rachel and Harvey are. Um, but depending on what time I tell you, they might be in different places. They might be in several places. You know, all, yada, yada, yada. It's a great scene. The makeup on Joker is insane. When he hits him into the table, he gets up and he has less paint on his face. Mm-hmm. I can't believe that. It's so good. And that that's also the scene when Joker is saying, like, you complete me. Like, we're perfect for each other. Yeah. And, and, and he also says... Um, I only have one rule. And Joker says, well, then you're going to need to break that one rule. Mm-hmm. Figure it out. So that's like, that you now see Joker, he doesn't care about the money. He doesn't care about the mob. He doesn't really care about anything. At this point, he, he doesn't just, care about power. He just wants Batman to break his one rule. That's it. I mean, that's cool. Talk yeah. about arch nemesis kind of stuff. Yes. So he gives him... The locations of Harvey and Rachel, but they're only only Batman will be fast enough to get to one of them. So he chooses who he thinks is Rachel, and it's not. It ends up being Harvey. Joker um, switched him. He's, yeah, he's a trickster on purpose. Um, and Rachel and Harvey are strapped up to oil drums. There's a timer, like we've already said, only yeah. a matter of time. Um, they have basically their last like two minutes of talking to each other. They they know that there is no way out. And I, I even like to where, you know, Harvey's like, well, they're coming for you. And yeah. she said, I, and she's like, I know. So we're going to talk about you. She's her acting. Her acting Get is so here. good. And, Get I, out and of I, here. it's great character wise where she ends with saying like, my answer is yes to like his kind of proposal yeah. earlier. Yeah. Um, and then she dies. She dies. Um, Harvey, half of his face gets burned off. All of his effects are crazy. His effects are so good, even today. Even today. I think from here until the end of time, they will be really good. Yeah, if if after 13 years they don't look aged, they probably pass the test. I think so, too. Maybe that's the rule. Like a decade. And, if and it that still seldom looks good. happens. Yeah. So um, Harvey, yeah, like we said, he's in the hospital now. We, we learned that he's not accepting pain medication or skin grafts. Yeah. He is just cool. uh, sulking in this. Um. And then Bruce is also grappling with Rachel's death because he loved her. And he tells Alfred she was going to wait for me. And Alfred was about to give him a letter where it's Rachel saying, I'm not going to wait for you. I'm going to choose Harvey. Yep. But I love you, you know. Yep. 
um, as a friend. Yeah. And then Alfred takes the letter and he gets rid of it. He does. Which, the, it doesn't come back in the next no, movie, No, he burns right? it. He burns it at he the end of the oh, okay, movie. Okay, okay. Yeah. Which is a like good a move. Good, like a good friend. Alfred is so good. Mm-hmm. We we love Alfred. My yes, goodness. I love, I mean, not I love, but it's just really good because you can see Bruce is, feels guilty. Like, if I was never Batman, would Rachel have ever been killed, killed yeah. for any of this? It's just, it's just crazy. And so, now, you know, there's the hospital scene. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm kind of skipping over some details, mm-hmm. but hospital scene, Joker talks to Two-Face, and he basically... In the way a Hannibal Lecter would, he navigates Two-Face's mind and makes him realize, like, you need to incite justice your way. Yeah. And you need to get revenge for this thing. So he goes, and Joker blows up a hospital. Yeah, I like, too, in in their conversation, Joker is making him finally realize that there are no rules. And that's when the whole chaos yeah. and fear thing comes into play. And it's that's just so well written, this yeah. movie. And that's the first time Harvey flips the coin, which now does have a heads and tails, pretty much. Um, and, and that's to him as chance is the only rule uh-huh. in our life. That's the only thing we can count on is chance. That's why he leaves every, let's just say it, murder up to chance of the flip of a coin. Mm-hmm. And the Joker is like, he loves this. It's like makes him giddy. And yeah. if, the, if he had gotten the bad side of the coin, he would have been killed. Uh-huh. But Chance spared him. Uh-huh. So, um, yeah, Joker blows up the hospital. And, and also, one, one note I want to yeah. say is I think it's common, at least I've heard this, that they, they have this shot and Heath Ledger is in the shot and he presses the, the um, detonator and it doesn't go off. And then it blows up. And I'd always heard that that really happened and he just reacted that well and then just kept pressing the button and then he ran into the bus. But the truth is, according to Christopher Nolan, they practiced that 12 times before they did it because they didn't want Heath Ledger to get killed in the explosion. (laughs) So they did that. They have him do the stop thing, all that. I'm sure there's probably someone on set yelling like, three, two, one, like per step and stuff because your actor will get killed or seriously injured if you don't do your explosions correctly. Yeah. So that's not true. Debunked. But kind of a fun fact to learn that it's debunked. I think debunked. it's fun. It's like, whoa, he acted all of that? That's crazy. Yeah. Um, the Two-Face starts hunting down Well, I wanted to say, involved. too, when the hospital is getting blown up, Joker also threatens that if, this, if that guy who threatened to blackmail the Wayne, uh, Bruce, that if no one kills that man... That's why he'll blow up the hospital. Yeah, so... Um, I forgot. Po- yeah, well, no, it's fine. It's just police are escorting him to a safe location, and there is a police officer in there whose wife is in the hospital and is, like, going to shoot him. Yeah. Um, but Bruce, as Bruce, daylight, in his Lamborghini, just uh, prevents a, a fatal car accident that someone was going to cause to kill the man. And it's just so great. It's just such great... Christian Bale's so good at acting, because mm-hmm. when Gordon's talking to him, like, do you know what you just did? And he's like, I was just trying to get the light. Yeah. And then he's saying, like, too, like, you think I should go to the hospital? You don't watch the news much, do you? (laughs) It's so good. So his hair just still looks so good. (laughs) Two-Face starts going through, and he's trying to track down the people who took Rachel to the place where she died. Mm -hmm. He's going 
he's flipping coins with people. He's in the car with one guy, and he flips the coin. The guy sa- he says, you're good to go. Flips it again, but your driver's not. Shoots the driver. Great stuff. Um, and then finally, it 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 gets to its um, uh, climax when he gets Gary Oldman's family. Mm-hmm. And he's over to the side. Now let's go back to Joker mm-hmm. and Batman. They're facing off. They're about to face off. Joker's in a in a building, and he has two boats, and in one boat is um, prisoners, and in the other boat are innocents. Because at this point, people are straight up fleeing from Gotham because yeah. every hour, Joker is threatening to kill more and more people. So people just want yeah. out at this point. Um, even the criminal system is like, we just everyone needs to evacuate the city. Yeah. So both of these boats, he is uh, taking control of both of them. They're not running anymore. Um, And he gives both of them their own detonators. No, no, no. He gives them both detonators to the other boat because both boats are rigged to blow. And they're going to blow up at midnight. So if you want to live, you need to blow up the other people. Yes. And this is just a great social experiment that is played out a little bit. Uh, The civilians... Are some civilians, you know, are arguing that they've made their choice and they have had their chance, the prisoners. So yeah. they deserve to be killed yeah. over us. And prisoners are also arguing as well. But like the warden is on there. So, you know, it's ultimately up to him. Yeah. But he obviously is paralyzed with fear and can't do it. Yeah. And this this huge dude who just looks like like massive, like, what did this guy do to get in here? Yeah, they purposely make him look like he's scary. Yeah. I think he has, like, face tattoos and stuff, and you're like, oh, boy. Yeah, so he walks up to the warden in a very soft voice, tells him to give it to him, and he'll do what they should have done 10 minutes ago. And so, of course, you know, you're thinking, like, well, he's a criminal, he's going to blow him up. He throws the detonator out of the window. And goes and sits down. Yeah. It rules. And then the civilians. It's so hopeful. It really is because civilians even, it, this is, that, that's more hopeful than this one, but like civilians, they take a vote. You know, they're very democratic about it. More, the majority is in favor of blowing up the prisoners. Yeah. And this one dude is like, well, I'll get my hands dirty. And he can't even do it because it was conscious in his guilt. It, it will not yeah. allow him to do it. And someone says, uh, I just realized that they haven't blown us up yet. Yeah. And so, I mean, that's, it's so hopeful. And the Joker, I don't even know he does. He does. I always forget that. I'm not going to even go there in my brain and take everyone with us. Um, But the Joker, he's like, you know, here we go. After him and Batman have fought, mm-hmm. there's SWAT, there's dogs, cool action, sonar. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about the sonar a little bit more. Um, But Joker is like, I pitted these people against each other and I failed. You know, and Batman says, you, you, you did this whole thing, but all you proved was that there are good people in this, in this town, in this country, (laughs) you know, (laughs) in this town. (laughs) And, and then there's the great moment where Joker says, do you want to know how I got these scars? Mm -hmm. And he says, oh, but I know how you got these. And he shoots these things from his forearm. They hit him. And then he ropes him up batman gets the upper hand he's about to fall all the way down which when i saw it i was like oh they're referencing batman 89 because he's gonna fall off a huge tower and die 
the Joker does in that? Yeah. Oh, remember with Jack oh, Nicholson? 89, you're referencing a movie. I thought you were talking about a comic book. No. Um, but he gets him with a grappling yes. hook. They do that crazy shot where the camera starts with Joker upside down and then it turns yes. Yes. all the way around. It's so cool. And they talk about how, you know, I think we're destined to do this forever, Batman. Mm-hmm. Which and in the, in the audience cool. watching the movie, you're like, oh, okay. And ev- do this forever. Every time I watch it, I mean, I love The Dark Knight Rises. I really do. But I always, like, like I think if I could have a dream um, artistic thing that could never have happened, I think I would choose what would be the third Batman movie if Heath Ledger hadn't died. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I think it would have been another Joker movie. Definitely. I remember seeing The Dark Knight Rises and just feeling so relieved. Yeah, because it was really good. You know, I mean, because I couldn't, I couldn't see how they were gonna make it better. It's amazing, but I, I kind of have no doubt that another movie with Heath Ledger would have been be- even uh-huh. better. Uh-huh. Um, but you know, we just gotta take what we can. Um, and then finally, we have Harvey Dent and Batman face off. It's a shorter scene. But th- this is that movie where when, when Harvey became Two-Face, when I was watching them, and this is a rare thing that happens, when I watched the movie as a kid, I thought, oh man, this movie feels like it's ending. And then when he becomes Two-Face, I go, oh, yeah, this is like a yeah. bonus. And I'm not like, right on. Yeah. And then the movie just kind of keeps going on forever. And you're like, maybe this one doesn't end in a good way you're yeah, yeah, thinking yeah, this yeah. like in a lord of the rings kind well, of what's way. great about the the writing of the story is his his ascent dissension into to two-face has been going on the whole movie because yeah. like the first time gordon and harvey meet they talk about some nickname that harvey gets called down at the station and then later on when he does become two-face he's like what is that nickname they always called me it was always two-face harvey which mm-hmm. does imply Yes, he is the white knight, the person that Gotham needed or dessert. No, yeah, needed. But he did have another side to him. And throughout yeah. the movie, that other side was revealed through all the terrible things he had to go through. So makes sense that the scene is shorter. Also, we just went through a lot. It, it's got to be shorter. Yeah. Um, but he is going to, uh, he flips a coin to shoot Batman. He shoots Batman. Flips a coin to shoot himself. He gets to live. Mm. he's about to flip a coin to shoot gordon and really glossing over the feeling of the scene i think they really it's very intense. nail the feeling especially yeah. with like tell lie to your son that he, everything's gonna be okay like i lied to rachel yeah so good and then harvey dennis um you know he falls off the edge mm-hmm. And I think Batman does attempt to stop him from dying but he can't he can't i mean i'm sure he had to choose between the kid or Oh, yeah, it's the kid he grabs. Yeah, yeah. And then Batman falls down. And when I saw it in theaters, if you remember my theater story, I'm like, okay, I guess Batman just died. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then they he gets up and he runs away. And, and him and Gordon talk about how um, Harvey was the hero. He wasn't the hero we deserved. He was the hero we needed. Mm-hmm. And so he turns his face so that you can't see the two-face. And he's like, Tell them I killed those people. I did those crimes, you know, <laughs> yeah. and and let Harvey do the whole thing. 
yep. and 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 uh, remain the white knight. And then he runs away. He runs into the orange glow, and it says the dark knight. But before he does that, um, then Gary Oldman says that was Batman time. was the hero we deserved, not mm-hmm. the hero we needed. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And he said, and um, Batman says, sometimes trust isn't good enough. People deserve more. Sometimes they deserve their faith to be rewarded. I love that. It's just so sweet. It's it's like it's this is such a hard concept I think to nail that this concept of this cape crusader who you know is doing technically illegal things in terms of being a vigilante. Yeah. But he is delivering justice. And it comes down to does justice also mean taking the fall? Uh-huh. And in this case it does. In order for things to go back the way they were, not even go back, to remain the same. Like, that's the sacrifice yeah. that needed to happen. It's just so great. And he's, a, he's bearing and the an, sins of Gotham. In eighth grade me, that went right over my head. <laughs> I just knew that it was really cool, and I couldn't wait for the next movie. <laughs> well, this movie's like a well, and you keep going back for a refreshing yeah. drink, and yeah. you learn a little more each time. But it rules. Um, and I, I really, this movie for... For how much of a rap that the movie lives on as this like dark and gritty movie, it is so hopeful and pretty funny, and it's kind of a joy to watch too. It's it's um to reduce it to just dark and gritty is so missing the point of the movie. Definitely, and that ending is just so stinking hopeful. Yeah, and and I really think Dark Knight Rises they wrote well because. Now he's mm-hmm. a recluse and stuff, and mm-hmm. it it all adds up. It's very cool. Um, yeah, they really get into the everyone hates Batman in the yeah. next movie. And so we have one more episode of Dark Knight. Uh, it's Dark Knight Rises next week. But I wanted to, on mic, decide what trilogy we're going to do in between Dark Knight and the DCEU. We had talked about The Godfather, we did. We did. Um, but I thought of another one as a possible, and that would be the Before Trilogy by Richard Linklater. And I want you to decide, Jordan, are we going to cover The Godfather or the Before Trilogy? Hmm. Romance? Crime. Drama? Drama. Or, or if you have another trilogy in mind. No, let's do the Before Trilogy. We're doing the Before Trilogy. Because people need to see it. And I've only seen one of them. <laughs> yeah. Well, part of my thinking was I was like, this could be one of our more listened to series. And if we put something that's lesser known after it, maybe there'll be some some carryover. So you tell us, listeners. So we're gonna do Richard Linklater's before trilogy, which is before sunrise. I also need some Ethan Hawk in my life. You know what I mean? Yeah, before sunrise, sunset, and midnight. And they are masterpieces. And it'll be the first time we've done a romance. It'll be series. a breath of fresh air. Yeah. Period. <laughs> and Jordan's only seen the first one. Yeah. And she's going to be blown away by the next two. Um, but even if you're like, I don't think I'm into romance movies, you're wrong. Because mm-hmm. these three movies are as good as movies get, baby. Let me just say, Richard Linklater, after us just watching Days and Confused <laughs> for oh, the baby. first time, uh, Richard Linklater understands the human condition. He does. Um, and the biggest one being the heart <laughs> <laughs> so it is the month of uh may right now i'm pretty sure and right now you can go to 
patreon.com slash micamacaw, and you can sign up for as little as $3, and you can get my new release, Adam, Eve, Abel, and Kane, with the new mixes and all that jazz, and you can get our Patreon MPU, the sequel episode, which is on the Adam West 1966 Batman movie. So get over there and don't do not go gently into that cold night. <laughs> Micah Jordan. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are tonight's entertainment. <laughs> 